Hey man, will you help me introduce this one? Okay, how come? Well, this is the very first one that Megan and I recorded, and um, we recorded it during the summer, and it was really hot. We keep mentioning how hot it is, and I thought maybe we should explain that, because right now, is it hot right now? No. No, right now it's it's pretty cold. And then also, we didn't have our all of our regular things figured out yet, like our intro. So I want you to help me with the intro, okay? Oh, uh, okay. You can introduce Aunt Megan, okay? And you say she's the writing one, okay? And I'm the... You could say that you're the you're the introductor narrator, or the you're the introducer. Where's the iron? Can mice and birds sew? Oh, Polly, no, don't rayon. cut up that dress. It's the machine. Where's the iron? Oh my God, I'm sweating. Where's the iron? Taffeta. <laughs> <laughs> Muslin. Ooh, I'd wear that. Is that, Is that machine, machine even threaded? threaded? Hi, I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one. Aunt Megan... She's the writing one, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm the narrator. You're listening to There Is No Threat. Excellent. So it's going to get kind of hot in here. Sorry about that. A lot of times if it was 102, I would just close the door and not come in here. <laughs> All right, let's get started. All right. Hey, Megan. Hi, Liza. <laughs> Hi, Liza. <laughs> you look cute. I know. Yay. Just kidding. Uh, you look cute, too. Thank um, you. What are we here to talk about today? We are talking about the 1986 hit film Pretty in Pink, written by John Hughes and directed by Howard Deutsch. All right, so let's get into um, who the characters are. Yeah. Do you want me to just do that really quick? Yeah, why don't you do it? So we have Molly Ringwald, who's the main character. She's playing Andy. She's a senior in high school. Um, and then we have Harry Dean Stanton, who's playing her father, and he's probably in his, what, early 50s they 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 uh say he's 50 he's 50 that's right although apparently he was 40 when they filmed it he looks so old i know i couldn't even believe he was 50 yeah okay so harry dean stanton plays her father and he has recently been left by her mother they both have so they're kind of in a state of grief like he's just adorable he's adorable i don't care how old he looks he's great john cryer plays ducky who is andy's best friend um and he is very openly interested in her, in love with her, obsessed with her, follows her around everywhere, um, and tries to get her to reciprocate. But also tries to get any other girl that crosses his path. Also, yes, one he's, of his first lines he's is... A, he's a giver, a giver of personality. <laughs> one of his first lines is, you both could be pregnant by the end of the summer. Yeah, that's like, oh, wait, no, why are we supposed to like this guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, this is another 80s thing that just uh, used to be endearing, and now it just doesn't really translate that well. It's full-on harassment. Um, and then we have James Spader, who plays Steph, and he is a um, popular asshole who has been quietly interested in Andy, um, but she rebuffs him, so he then hates her and talks shit about her whenever he can. Um and he's kind of in the background. He's got like a little bit of an Iago vibe. He's always in the ear of Blaine. Mm, yeah. Our sort of main heartthrob guy played by Andrew McCarthy, who is interested very genuinely, it seems, in Andy, Molly Ringwald's character. Um, but uh, he is part of the popular crowd, so it's hard for him to um, really lean into his true feelings. He tries to, but then Steph... Um, talks him out of being interested um, and then we have Andy Potts who plays Iona who is um, kind of Andy's boss at a record store slash mentor slash inspiration yeah that's our that's our cast that's our core yeah 
basically the plot is like girl from the wrong side of the tracks falls in love with rich boy, but um, her best friend was secretly in love with her. Speaking of the tracks, when I started watching this last night, I yelled at the TV, this looks like Venice. And it is. They filmed this in Venice Beach in yeah. Pasadena. Like, it's totally filmed in Los Angeles. It's not Chicago. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it the first time I saw it. But this time, having lived here for so many years now, I was like, that's Venice Beach. The parking signs, like, those are our parking signs. Yeah. The no parking zones. Yeah. All that stuff. So have you seen this one before? I had seen it uh, years ago, but I kept thinking it was... Um, 16 Candles. <laughs> Anyways, this one was not that. So I had seen it, and I remember when I first saw it not being super into it, and this time around I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, yeah, I feel like it's okay, but um, I I kind of was a tiny bit yeah, bored. Yeah, like you think it's going to be a fun teenage romp, and it's a bummer. Yeah. It's like there's so much sad stuff with the dad, and then no one's happy in the whole thing except for Iona, who's Annie Potts. Yeah. So did you know that there is a controversy about the ending? Yes, I actually saw oh, okay. this, or I looked I looked it up a little bit, and I know that initially they had her ending up with Ducky, right? Yeah. And then the test audiences said, um, so Ducky is the best friend that's in love with her, and the test audiences had said, uh, no, we want her to end up with, what is his name? Blaine. Blaine. Blaine, who actually does really like her, but is too afraid to stand up to his best friend, James Spader. <laughs> He was so good. He was so good. He's yeah. like the he's 80s so icon. So yeah. scary and menacing. And yeah. also he looks like he's about 10 years older than, well, than Blaine. Yes, he's so old Gwen, looking. But also than everybody else in the show. I also really loved how they're all in high school and they're all wearing, like the rich kids are all wearing suits. And also somehow this is a high school where you can both smoke and spit on the floor. Like just <laughs> so much smoking in the school like there's one scene where the girls are in gym and one of the girls is smoking in gym class yeah yeah (laughs) like everyone seemed old they all dressed old no one was happy yeah like anything from the 80s it's fun to kind of look at it through the lens of now because one of the things that stuck out to me the most was just how like the character of Ducky at that time, his behavior would have seemed like endearing and nice. But now watching it, I was like, this guy needs to get a fucking grip. Like yeah. he is following her around, literally interfering with her ability to date by having a tantrum when she wants to go on a date. And then um, like not listening to anything that she wants, basically compl- telling her that she wants him the whole time, even though she doesn't. Um, and then finally, I felt like he had the best kind of arc of all the characters because finally at the end, even though this was not the original ending, but finally at the end, he is kind of like, okay, she obviously likes this other guy. I'm just going to let her go have him and let her go be happy. Oh, yeah. I want to get back to the rewritten ending, though. So they filmed it so that Andy and Ducky, who's John Cryer, end up together. And audiences didn't like that, test audiences. So they refilmed it maybe like three months later with Andy and Blaine getting together. But there was a a novelization of the movie and it was published before the movie was actually finished. So before Mm -hmm. that second, that rewrite. So there is a novel that exists in the world where Ducky and Andy are together. It's such a weird controversy, though, because I think it's funny that people booed the Ducky-Andy pairing. And now everyone hates the... Well, the sense that I get is that everyone hates the Blaine-Andy pairing. There's a sort of a sense of, like, she should have been with Ducky. And uh, I think that they're both awful, and she should have just gone to college. (laughs) Like, 
it's kind of like like a Dawson's Creek situation yeah. of like which one will she choose? And then there's a, a, a choice, and but it's clearly should have been the third choice of none of these dudes. Yeah, like, go choose yourself. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, how, how would you describe Ducky's wardrobe choices? Like kind of he's eighties um, cool pop. Yeah, sort well, of. The, the whole movie has a, such a like. There's there's a lot of music, and all the kids are involved in this music scene, and so he's kind of a new romantic. There, they, that's, yeah. They refer to him in articles. You find that the. Uh, Costume designer bases look on like the Teddy Boys in England. Teddy Boys in England, perfect. Yeah, but it's really like, it's it's post punk, new wave, new romantic. It's I mean it, it's not invented. It's a real style. Exactly. He just, he just sort of has a heightened version of it. And that's what I was thinking. I was watching it. I was like, this is a look. I just don't know the words for it, and it works totally well for him. But I, I think um, the way that his character behaves is just you know kind of I guess kind of like I was. It's, it's like he's almost viable as the person that she ends up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just too much of a lack of chemistry and obvious interest on her part from the beginning. Yeah, she doesn't even seem particularly affectionate or amused by him. Yeah. She spends so much time looking at him like she's just thinking, ew. Yes, <laughs> and like she's just thinking about the other guy. And it's like when you look at the, the men in this movie, right? You have her father. You have James Spader, who's like interested in her in the past but obviously she rebuffed him and he like calls her a bitch at the beginning of the movie and it's very seems very classically 80s you know she rebuffs him and he's like bitch and like walks away and then you have the Andrew McCarthy character who's um you know just like a a a nice just like a nice rich guy well see I didn't think he was that nice I was really okay dude shows up at her work I mean that's maybe teenagers do that that's fine and then hacks her computer. <laughs> oh. Is it her computer, though, or is it just, like, the computer lab? Because I, mean, I feel like it was, like, a public... Lab. It's not It's not the same as, like, hacking her personal computer. That was a little tiny bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, but then he's got nothing to say for himself, like, ever. Like, his, his, I would kind of like to look at his sides of the script and just see if they're just, like, mm-hmm, yep, hey. I felt like he was more believable in that in that high school way of just like, oh my god, just like long steamy looks, and like catching to his eye across a record store, and mm-hmm. you know, oh she's drawing, but she's really like looking at his butt or whatever. And then you have Ducky, who's like kind of just so self absorbed that he can't really see that she's not interested and that it's not his job to persuade her. I thought it was really interesting that he has a speech where he tells the audience that he's in love with this woman. Yeah. Like, he has to tell us. Because he's just at, like, level 10 for everyone, and maybe he's at level 11 for her. Mm. But, like, we, as the audience, like, we are specifically, literally told that he is in love with her, just so we're clear on it. Because at no point does he actually, like, ask her about herself or show any signs of affectionate, like, cooperative affection towards her. Mm-hmm. The whole script is him talking about how much he loves her, but in a way that is, he has to tell it because we don't really see it. I mean, he's present all the time, but he's yeah. so present that he's, like, physically in her face to the point yeah. where it's, like, an annoying sibling. And that's what I thought was kind of sad in a way, too, is that um, both her father and Ducky are sort of, like, unable to give her any kind of relationship where she gets to benefit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
you know, like she's kind of just like a, I, I guess like a foil for both of them. Like they, you know, the dad is obviously going through this grief and leaning on her. And then Ducky like wants her so much that he almost doesn't even see her. And then this guy Blaine comes along, but he can't even like sack up enough to stand up to his friends, like, you know, show up for her in any real way until yeah. he has the threat of losing her. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. Yeah. I love you. Oh, I did want to say about Ducky. He has a couple of my favorite lines in the entire show. Um, I really love the moment where Ducky and Iona, Annie Potts, are at the club together. And he's telling her about how he rides his bike past Andy's house like multiple times every day. And then um, she's just kind of listening like, wow. And then he says, where do you live? I'll put you on my route. I laughed so hard at that because it's just like he's just telling her like, yeah, I just kind of like casually stalk this girl. I can do you too. I've got yeah. time. Like on the way home. I liked that cool. line too. Yeah. yeah. I liked how just casually like. I also really liked when he talked. He did go to her father and kind of be like, hey, I have a big crush on your that daughter. That was the really sweet scene. I was like, her dad is the sweetest for just sitting with this insane teenager and just listening to exactly. him. Exactly. And also very gently being like, hey, so guess what? Like she's got to be down with this as well. Like it can't just be you. Yeah. But, like, good luck, you know, maybe she will be. <laughs> yeah, I like that his whole attitude was like, yeah, I still believe in love. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Even though you're like, oh. Oh. Poor Harry Dean Stanton. Poor Harry Dean or Stanton. whatever his name was in this movie. Dad. Poor dad. <laughs> yeah, that scene where she's trying to get him up in the morning, like, in the, early in the movie. Oh, very, in the very beginning. Yeah, and she's, like, waking him up and, like, sitting with him and just, like, giving him all this emotional support. And he's like, let me see your outfit. It was just so, like, I mean, the 80s didn't really talk about, like, boundaries and, like, appropriate. And the fact that he's depressed. Yes. Yeah, the 80s didn't really talk about mental health in any real way. Yeah. Um, but you're watching it now and just being like, okay, she doesn't need to be coddling him. She doesn't need to be checking when he's up. She doesn't need to be making food for him. But when I thought about watching this again, because uh, I have seen it before, but it was uh, as an adult. I didn't see it as a teenager. Um, all I thought was there's all that sad stuff with the dad. Like, I don't know if I want to see it again, because all I remember about it is it being really sad. Like yeah. all the dad, there being just like sad dad stuff. That's what I remember about this movie. Yeah. I kind of vaguely remember that too. Um, and Watching just- it again, like it's. There's there's a lot more. I don't know why I zeroed in on the sad dad stuff so much, but it, it is in there. It's pretty heavy. I literally wrote down, dad who is too sad to be a dad. Yeah. And so forces her into a mother figure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of mother figures. So, yeah. So, Iona, who is her boss at the record store, is, uh, like, kind of gives her the guidance uh, uh, that a mother might, like, you should go to your prom. And, like, here's my prom dress. Like, all that that little stuff. But did you pick up that there's some weird timeline stuff with her? Like, that dress that is Iona's dress that she gives to Andy, which Andy uses, uses later to make part of her own dress, is a 1960s-style dress. And the music that she's playing while she's dancing, she has that big beehive hairdo. She's Iona has put the dress on, and she's kind of, like, leaning on uh, Andy. It's a 60s song. And just looking at the age difference with um, Iona and Andy, Iona's prom would have been in the 70s, mm. but they're pitching it like it's in the 60s, meaning that, like, she should be at least 10 years older than she appears to be in the movie. Like, they're, it's, it's like it was written quite a bit older than Andy, and then Iona is only a little bit 
mm. older. So she was more like a fun friend, but also mom. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a. Uh, I got that impression odd. too. I was like, oh, I think she's supposed to be older than Annie Potts actually is. And they were probably just like, oh, let's give Annie Potts this role. She's great. Yeah, and she's amazing. Like, I yeah. just, like, this is the joy in this movie is Annie Potts. <laughs> yeah. And most things she's in is the highlight for sure. Yeah. And like, Annie Potts trying on all these, like, she comes out with all these different looks. Like, she's really working out her personality and how she wants to be in the world. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, all these kids are locked into their own weird social, like they have less freedoms to explore. explore yeah. I guess I really liked how this movie's got so many like textures in it that you want to touch. Like Iona's got that latex dress that we first see her in, this shiny black dress. And mm-hmm. then like Andy's room has all those kimonos hanging in it. And like the rich kids are wearing all that like wrinkled linens. Andy and Ducky have like lace and brocade and leather and just like I feel like this movie looked really tactile and I don't really notice that that often in movies like it really popped out for me. Yeah I felt the same way it felt very touchable and like that part of the film really translated like across space and time (laughs) like I was like (laughs) I was like oh gosh I mean the detail of the outfits and the like the looks of the record store. I loved at the beginning when she's like taping records onto the ceiling. That was cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that was like kind of a hip thing that people used to do. Mm. Um, yeah, like you've seen that before. You've that seen it true. before and it feels very of that time. Um, but also still feels like something that only a creative person would do. Yeah. Like and then not everybody have, would do that. To also have the follow through to like climb up there and do it. Yeah. Like, um, did you fall asleep? I did not fall asleep. Me neither. I was riveted. Mostly horrified and riveted, yeah. Yeah, me too. I was so awake for this movie um, because <laughs> it it did. It felt like a like a um, like a like a time warp. Also, it's just really interesting to watch anything now, given the things that people think about now. Like people think about mental health. There's they think about um, boundaries and relationships and like what the how the men are behaving, how the like women are privacy. behaving. Yeah. And privacy. They think about, oh, there's no gay characters. There's no black characters. Yeah. There's no trans characters. Yeah. There's no attempt to... The only, like, social issue is between rich white people and poor white people. This is how we would redo it now, is when she has that freak out about, I don't want you to take me home, which I was like, girlfriend, you need to, like, clarify, because I'm confused about what you want right now. Yeah. Um, she has that freak out about, um, don't take me home, and... Nowadays, I feel like it would be because I lived an hour and a half away. Mm. I have a commute. Yeah. And if you want to take me home, you got to, you're, you're in it. Like, you got to be in my commute. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did you think about the high school? I was kind of like, is this, I kept kind of asking, like, is this a public school? Is this a private school? Oh, I felt like it was just like a public high school if people were doing riffraff inside and outside. I, I liked mm-hmm. that she had a parking spot right in front of the school. I was like, that yeah, was wild. <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> that seems convenient for the yeah, shot. Yeah, it seems, it just looks really pretty. Yeah. I mean, I like that they, they really make it clear that she's not an outsider or a nerd because this high school is big enough that there are tons of people who are in her same scene. You know, there's so many conflicts in movies that are like nerd versus popular or like this one person alone versus the popular kids at school. And, like, she's, she and Ducky are not alone in any way. Like, they're part of a, a scene, like the music scene and the school scene. They're not outsiders. I mean, I think people, like, think of this as outsiders versus rich kids. But, like, they are just as much a part of their own group as the rich kids are a group. You know what else I wondered about this school was, 
um, like, is this school just giant? Because it seems like no one at the school knows anyone else. <laughs> like that scene when Ducky got thrown into the girls' bathroom, I I wished that someone had said, oh, hey, Ducky. Like, right, I thought that, that too. Like, I was like, do they not know? Him. He's the only person at the school that looks like this. Yeah, nobody's like, hey, man. <laughs> it's so and funny. That, that they don't already know where she lives. Yeah. Like, the whole problem with, I don't want you to take me home because I don't want you to see where I live, is like, why don't they already know that? I mean, you you go to this school, so if it is a public school, then you live somewhere in this large circle. Right, and if you're not one of the rich kids, then you probably live in this other neighborhood. Yeah, although even Andy, like, there's that scene where she's looking at the house and she's like, this one's my favorite. She doesn't even seem to know that it's Steph's house. Yeah. It's uh, Spader. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, she doesn't know. And nobody knows where she lives. And just, like, <laughs> none of the kids seem to... And, like, at the end, when Ducky and uh, Christy Swanson, like, see each other. And, like, have you guys never met? Yeah. It's prom. Like, you... Everybody meeting someone new? Everybody knows everybody. You've all been in school together for 12 years at this point. Yeah, this is the very end. Yeah. If you don't know her now, well, I guess tonight's a night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the controversy, like, they, they wrote that in so that Ducky would still have somebody, so that people, audiences, wouldn't feel bad for Ducky. Yeah, which I kind of just liked. Also, all of you grow up and go to college. All of you get out of here. Oh, my gosh. I was so anxious the whole time about completely unimportant details in this movie like it's senior year and she has not landed a scholarship yet to wherever it's senior year and ducky doesn't know what he's doing next year yeah and just all these little details like it's senior year and the the counselor is talking to her about maybe trying to get a scholarship i'm like no no dude you need to be handing her applications for the scholarships yeah well, she should have been a, yeah applying junior year that's what you do yeah yeah that's was, stuff- it made me, me so anxious, yeah. and I was like, okay, it's just, the, the movie is not about college admissions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about the dress. This is obviously what we came here to talk about today, Andy's prom dress. So Andy's been asked to the prom by Blaine. She's really excited. She's going to go. She's been asking a weird power move. She's been asking like she was move. sad, and he said, "Would it make you feel better if I asked you to the prom?" And then she kisses him. Like mm. it's it's a kind of a gross move. Okay, I did not pick up in the same way on that, but now that Liza <laughs> says it, it does make sense to me. It was like he was probably going to do it anyway, but he was nervous. But I think I'm giving well, him that's more. That's a good point. He's I give him more of a benefit anyway. of the doubt than he you wanted are. to. <laughs> um, so Blaine's popular. He's asked to do the prom. He's going against a grain of what his friends expect him to do. She says yes. Uh, and then he starts to ghost her, which is funny because that wasn't a term back then, right? But now, right? But we, he's totally doing it. Yeah, we clearly know that when we see it from a mile away. So he starts ghosting Andy um, as the prom gets closer and closer, and she realizes that he's not going to take her. But instead of crying, oh, she does cry. But instead of giving up and staying home, she decides to make herself her own prom dress. Um, and I can't even remember. Does she use Iona's dress or? She does. Okay, yeah. so she does use Iona's dress. Does she use the dad dress? She does use the dad dress. Okay, wow. Um, this is why this is your... <laughs> so that's the setup. She's going to the prom alone after being rebuffed by the man that she thinks she loves. Which, it's so funny to me. I'll just get in there real quick. The prom is such a ominous thing hanging over them all in this movie. <laughs> like, it, it's... I mean, okay, it's senior prom. She can go. Yeah. 
you if you are a freshman, you have to be invited and you your date has to be old enough to take you. But when you're a senior, you can just go. Like, of course, it's going to be more of a magical moment if you have a date. But this whole time, she has been able to go to the prom. Right. But she does want to go with a boy. I mean, that is kind of the dream, even yeah. though it's a bit... But it's so, like, it's just the overriding, like, cloud. Like, it's just over well, it the seems plot like, the whole time. Yes. Everybody's like... Well, it's a marker of the acceptance dad or not. And yeah, Iona, yeah. I know. Like everybody <laughs> to prom. And if you don't get asked to prom, that's some kind of character failing on your part. Mm. But then to get asked and to get unasked is a certain level of just humiliation. That... Oh my gosh. I have to interrupt with a quick story. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. I When I was going to my junior prom, I had asked a uh, an old boyfriend who I was friendly with, but we weren't dating anymore. Oh my God, ew. I'll, I'll tell you later. Oh, my God. So I Sidebar to our listeners, Liza was the most hot, in-demand high school student of all time. This, only only usurped by my brother. This is uh, <laughs> also hot and in-demand. Very sweet that this is the family legend. <laughs> only within the family is this the legend. Uh, so, uh, so I had asked him, do you want to go just as friends? And um, then later I heard that he was... Um, being like mean or rude or something to um, a girl that I thought was nice and I didn't like that. He was misbehaving. Mm. So I, I unasked him. And <gasps> oh I, my God, you're the Blaine. I, I know, I'm the Blaine. So I, well, this I is why you're so I, hard on Blaine. I didn't ghost him. Mm. I just went to him and said, well, we're not good. going together. <laughs> that's good. That's good that you were direct. Yeah. And um, I ended up going with uh, just a group of friends because I was a junior. I was old enough. I could go with whoever. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. You once said to me, I said something, and you and I was like, it was so passive aggressive, and you were like, uh, it sounds like it was just aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, sometimes things just don't have a passive component. Yeah, you just do them, and they're not passive. <laughs> they're direct, or they're mean, just or whatever. The other thing. <laughs> now, Megan, you're a writer. You do not sew. You wear clothing, though. Mm. Please tell me what this dress looks like. Okay. I will preface this by saying when I first saw this movie when I was a kid, I was like, that is the most heinous dress I've ever seen. And when I saw it yesterday, I was kind of like, huh, I sort of like it. Oh my gosh, it came around? A tiny bit. It's not nearly as form-fitting as I would have liked at that age. As a a side, I should say Liza made me a two-piece prom dress for my prom. So, but I would, okay, I would describe it as um, sort of a tent dress with some holes cut out of the sleeves at the shoulders, maybe trying to be satin blend. I kept feeling like I wasn't seeing the whole dress. Like there's very few scenes I felt like where I was like, here's a why. It It was a lot of this. It was a lot of the top half of the body where it all just looked like a big tent with a neck thing. And I just kept thinking like, why isn't she showing off that body girl? Like, I know. Like it's obviously, I mean, what else are you gonna do at prom? Well, this is the crazy thing is she's so covered up in this movie. And I can't tell if it's like, cause she's such a sort of, prickly person I think her character is kind of kind of like trying to keep everyone at bay yeah or if it's just because she's a fashion person and the more clothes the better like get up get more right. earrings in here get, get that's kind of hat. how I felt like I love that wear tights and socks yes that it, that's one of my favorite things about that time period is that like you just, just pile it on tight on. socks um, bracelets bangles hair pieces yeah. scrunchies whereas the rich kids are all like like Spader's got his shirt open. The whole movie, Spader has his shirt open. <laughs> but like the rich girls aren't wearing. Yeah, the rich girls seem much more like um, 
streamlined. Like, uh, yeah. I felt like they had a lot less on. Like, so many of the dresses, or at least the rich girl dress we saw, was just, like, a strapless, right? Yeah. So that they was, strapless like... strapless, or they had a, a ruffle going around the neckline. Yeah. They were, I mean, they were kind of 60s looking. Like, she, if she had just worn Iona's dress, she would have fit in, but she's not trying to fit in. Like, she's got yeah. that whole line of, like, she's going to the prom because she says, I just want them to know they didn't break me. <laughs> just a not a real cheerful movie <laughs> i also really felt that moment when she showed up at the prom it's like every moment that you've walked into a public space and not quite known what to do with yourself and mm-hmm. felt like everyone i was like oh god so uncomfortable this is so uncomfortable in that like uniquely high school way where like you actually feel like you have to prove that you have the right to have a exist in the world <laughs> All right, so now that we know exactly what this dress looks like, let's get into... Do we? <laughs> do a really good job. <laughs> Could she sew it? If you look at pictures of the, of the dress and if watching the movie, you can see a standing collar and a sheer panel that comes down from the collar and meets the bodice, which has a deep V in the front and the back. So the sleeves are cut in one with the dress. The shoulders are exposed. And there, there doesn't seem to be any seam at where an arm's eye would be or a raglan arm's eye. It's just, it's almost like a cookie cutter kind of flat front body. The back has a seam down the center back where you would put a zipper in. Mm-hmm. I saw a back shot where the standing collar closes with hooks at the back of the neck. And then the lace panels uh, are just open in the back. So you have two lace panels in the back instead of one. So the whole thing with this movie is that the dress is made from Iona's prom dress, which is a beautiful 60s, within the world of the movie, we're meant to believe it's a 60s prom dress. And then the uh, lace comes from this pink dress that Andy's dad brings home. And um, did she get permission from either one of them to cut these things up? Because especially, like, Iona's prom dress, I'm like, is Iona expecting to her to just dry clean it and return it after the prom? Yeah. Like, did she... I don't remember in the, if in the movie we ever get a moment of, like, can I destroy this? Yes, you may. Which, as a person who's cut up a lot of stuff, like, you gotta... You, you gotta, gotta clear that. that or I'll take it one further, and do we even get a moment of, I have the ability to destroy this. I am someone who is a seamstress in any capacity i don't feel like until she draws that like really crude drawing of the dress which i was like horrified by after seeing you sketch dress my my (laughs) wedding dress i was like oh that's gonna be your template for making this dress yeah it actually did look like a 80s fashion sketch oh okay So i think that was kind of a funny like oh maybe she's got it (laughs) but was that not the first time we ever found out that she makes clothing no uh at the very beginning when she's waking dad up and he's like what are you wearing and she says something like... Oh, I made the screen. Yeah. Yeah. She says like $15, you know, how much did this cost? And he's, and she's like $15 for the shoes, secondhand, and I made the rest. Which the way I read that is not she made them from scratch, but like she bought pants and took in the waist and hemmed them. And she bought a cool shirt and put a lace collar on it. And she bought a sweater and she put a bunch of things on it. And like she, she altered them. Like We needed one... It's just short montage of seeing this happen earlier in the film. So we had yeah. a concept for her skill set. Because yeah. for the layman, for someone like me, I did not... So were uh, you scared when you saw her, like, ripping it? Really? Yeah, I was scared when I the saw seams? the drawing because I was like, oh, this is not going anywhere. And also, I have not had any proof up until this point that she's capable of making clothing. And it would have been nice to kind of see that that is... I mean, 
she talks about it a little bit, but to, but I needed to see a little bit earlier that she even had um, this fairly complicated yeah. skill set. Very would be complicated. Great if there had been a moment where like she and Ducky are sewing together, yeah, because um, like Ducky wears a bunch of things with patches, and I don't think it's his mom putting them on, so it's got to be him. So like it would be fun if there had been a scene to just to establish like they get together and they mess around with clothes. That would have been amazing. Also, it would have established why he's in her life in any kind of special way. If they had had the common interest of fashion more clearly spelled out to us, which they obviously had this common interest, they both look great. Yeah, I think that we're just supposed to understand that from how different they look from the rich kids. Yeah. That might be something that doesn't read to our modern eyes that would have read to a person in 1986. Yeah. More of that stuff has clearly been altered and hand, you know, messed around with and embellished. There was no, um, what was that mall store? There's no Hot Topic. Mm-mm. For them to go to, so they if they like if they wanted something to look cooler, they had to add their own stuff to it. Um, um, it felt to yeah. me a little bit out of the blue that she could suddenly make. Okay, so that's interesting. So for you, as a non-sewing person, you were like, she where where are these skills suddenly coming from? Well, to me, like being able to pick cool clothes from a thrift store and slightly like modify them so they look good on you is totally different than making a dress from scratch. But I also yeah. know that that's the truth because I'm your sister. Yeah. Whereas if I was just like a regular person, I might be like, oh yeah, those are all kind of the same thing. Yeah. So maybe that's why it makes more sense for somebody who didn't just spend two years with you making a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I have learned a, a lot and been like, that doesn't track. There's no way she'd make that dress. Um, but I did feel like the uh, the uh, alluding to her fashion interests felt more like fashion than it was actual like skill at sewing. Yeah, and that's skill true. at design. Like she's got magazines in there, like you see magazines in the house, fashion magazines. I agree. You, you do get more of the impression that she's in she's more of a fashion person than a, than a making person, which again makes me anxious about school. Like no one's bringing up like maybe we could get you into the fashion program. Like I just. And then I have to remember this is not a movie about college admissions. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the movie ends. The dream is, is, is um, the dream is, what is work I'm looking for? The dream is realized once she gets with the guy. Then the story then ends. it's done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the idea there is that she's got Iona's dress, which is, um, it looks like a pink jacquard, which is a, a weave, a satin weave, where the threads make a different pattern on the front. So it's got dots. So it's a dot pattern jacquard. And Iona's dress is off the shoulder and has a big band. And it has a seam, a midriff seam right under her bust. And it probably has darts too. And then it's got a, like a waist section. So we've got upper bodice, midriff, and then the skirt. So basically the upper bodice is not usable yardage because it's all those pieces are too small. So then we've got the skirt to work with. And the skirt has all these um, uh, swags of chiffon or something. And those go away. We never see those again. But the thing with the skirt, and this is going to be a real switcheroo. There's a twist ending. The thing with the skirt, we see her in the movie holding it upside down, which is what you would need to do because the skirt is gored, which means it's not a full yardage pleated down into the waist it's cut into big wedge shapes to smoothly fit the waist and flare out toward the hem. So the front of the skirt probably would have three gores and the back would probably have two. So the widest part of each panel that's available for yardage for sewing is the bottom. So we see, we do see her holding it upside down, which is good. That's good. That's what she would have to do. 
However, so my original take on this was she could not have made this because the dress is seamless across the front and the sleeves are in one. So she would need to get the entire width of sleeve, front of bodice, and the other sleeve in one skirt panel mm-hmm. when she's cutting it out. Which would be long enough, maybe, but not wide enough, right? Yeah, you need the width. Yeah. And then the, the other problem with this dress, it is very long. It goes down to her calves, I believe. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it does narrow toward the hem, but like, let's say Annie Potts has like a 23 inch waist or something, or like, like, let's just say for math, like let's say it's 26. So in the front panels, she would have 13. Let's say it's just 13 in front, 13 in back inches. And let's say we use the back panels because they're, they would be wider because you only have two as opposed to three in the front. So then we have like six and a half inches of available fabric at the top where it goes up to the waist. And, you know, the bottom, you might have a lot. They might be, like, let's say it's a four-yard skirt. So you got two yards available width in the back, and each panel has, like, a yard. Because the dress doesn't have any visible seams, we're, what we're looking at is that it would, it would have to taper down to six and a half inches, which clearly it doesn't. I mean, you wouldn't be able to walk. Yeah. You would end up having to seam it somewhere, like a seam down the front or two seams along the sides to get your extra width at the bottom. Or, I mean, the easiest thing to do would be to give you some sleeves, some raglan, like a that's a raglan is a sleeve that goes from underarm to your, um, instead of to the top of the shoulder, it comes closer toward the center front. It makes an angle. So, like, my original thinking was she doesn't have enough material. Yeah. And the only thing that she uses from the dad's dress, which my little aside on that is, where did dad get, did dad steal this dress? <laughs> Yeah, I thought Dad was, like, barely hanging on. Yeah, and he says, like, I bought this, but I don't see any tags, and it's not in a bag. And also, like, again, but to your question, did you buy this for me to cut up? Yeah. Because it seems like it was like a lot of money, or it's supposed to be a lot of money, and now yeah, uh, it's so gone. You, If you spent 100 bucks, say, yeah. and I just, and, and all she uses that dress for is the lace panel that's in the front and the back. So are we to chest. believe, because as you're talking, I'm like, oh, I, I don't even think it occurred to me... Are we to believe that her entire dress is made from these two dresses? Yes. Or that she incorporated other fabric? No. Okay. It's it's pretty clear because it's the the that polka dot jacquard. Yes. The, Which that, is that main part is made from Iona's dress. The collar and the body are both Iona's, and then the lace, that weird lace. I don't think it even registered to me that she didn't at least have to bring in some other kind of fabric, but yeah, she did. That's what, that's what we're meant to believe. Yeah. And well, so so. With all that in mind, I was like, okay, materials, no, she didn't have enough. But here's the twist. I found this article, which is from 2016, on a website called Uproxx with Marilyn Vance, who's a costume designer, where she talks about the dress. And she says, to quote this article, one was Annie Potts, which I found in downtown LA, one of those stores that sell prom type dresses. And then her father brings in this dress. I got that dress at a quinceanera store on Van Nuys Boulevard. It looked like it was made out of curtain fabric, sheer with embroidery on it. The idea was that Andy, being her own person, put the two together to create her look. I put that dress together in my house at the time. Annie Potts' dress was the base of the body of the dress that I put together. Then the other one I used as the neck piece and for the trim. So, um, she did it. According to this, um... She did it. 
Is she saying that she actually did exactly what Andy is doing in the movie? Which is took two dresses and then on one try made a third dress for her to make for the movie? No, Marilyn Vance has uh, sewing skills. She, on her IMDb, she's got some costume, like, workroom credit. Like, Andy did it on her bed, like, but I'm assuming that Marilyn Vance did it on her But there were no other dresses involved. Yeah, no other dresses involved. Because I remember you telling me that, like, for, for... for movies, like the first movie you ever, like you would make 10 copies of the same dress just in case something yeah. went wrong. Especially if it's like a, you're shooting like a horseback scene or whatever. Yeah. So, but this one, not only did they not make 10 copies, but they only made one copy. Yeah. So now, I mean, that that is an interesting thing because they, she, she says later, I have this article printed out and I highlighted a couple of things. We only had one of a lot of things. So like a lot of the stuff that they used was vintage, one of a kind. Mm. And so... Um, you know, if you were doing a big budget remake of this movie, you would build multiples of the the dress and you would build Iona's dress from scratch and you would build Andy's dress from scratch. You wouldn't take apart. You just wouldn't mess with that stuff. Um, but it sounds like uh, at the time, this is just the way they did it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about if there was a remake of this, the ways in which they could really blow out the costumes and the looks and modernize it and also like maybe update some of the relationships <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and maybe like make it clear like what call that she's going to and... yeah so I don't freak out about that so as far as could she sew it the materials I thought it was a no but twist ending it's a yes um it's the... a yes because the costume designer actually did costume it designer said so, so yeah. what if she messed up would she have just she could go to the um prom store downtown and buy six of them and have enough okay fabric. so it wasn't an actual vintage that that no, part of it was it, not. Okay. it's not and it doesn't i mean it's a very 60s style mm-hmm. but she's saying she bought it from a prom store it's crazy she how it new you know? yeah and it's crazy how it's like um this is such a big film although maybe they didn't know it would be as successful as it was but um it's this is such a like low budget mentality like yeah. this is what you do when you don't have any money for a movie yeah it's i mean it really is like um Marilyn Vance actually says she she identified with Andy a lot that this is this was her vibe of like uh cut things up make new things yeah like this is what she was into anyway so as far as materials we talked about that the time frame I would estimate it would take you about six hours from cutting to completion she had six hours she had multiple days oh that's interesting because I was like this would take months she can't do this but then you know I think it would take like I mean, d- depending on how many times you do things wrong and have to go back. <laughs> but, like, I think a safe estimate is, like, six hours of, Great. of work on that. And I really appreciated that we see her cut the dress, but we also see her uh, rip just rip the seams open. And that that's a real thing. To separate a dress, you would start, you would, like, cut the threads a tiny bit and then just, just rip the seam because that's faster than trying to pick apart the seam slowly. Nice. So that was good. That was, that was a nice real moment. As far as her workroom, I, I really wish that they had ever, in an establishing shot of her bedroom, showed the sewing machine in the background. I think that would help like like you understand that she sews. Yes, any indication that she has a station that she's serious about yeah. would have helped. Like she probably did most of her work either laid out on the bed or laid out on the floor. And then the scene where we see her sewing is really funny because she is just... It's like she's she's angry, like she's just pulling it through the sewing machine, and you're not. It's not really a great way to stitch. Is like pulling it 
the machine has these things called feed dogs, which push the fabric through under the needle. And you can just let them do your job. You don't need to yank the, se- yeah. the fabric through. And it's actually can kind of mess up the timing of the machine if you do. I feel like that was probably like a directorial thing where it was like, make it look intense. And like yeah. Marilyn's probably there being like, actually, that's not realistic. And he's like, yeah. I don't care. I mean, it, it is. Like, Rip it, it through. She's in a state of panic. She might not even make it to the prom. That's yeah. true. Like it would be boring film to watch somebody like just sort of do it right. Let the machine do its job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she does have to add some like character to the, the, the machine part. So that I'll give that a thumbs up. So let's move on to um, would would she sew this dress? Does it make any sense that she sewed this dress? Especially there's a scene where we see the rich girl, Benny, in the dressing room of the mall, of the uh, department store. So Andy knows what she's supposed to be wearing to the prom. And it's some strapless nonsense with a full skirt. So like... It's not that Andy got it wrong or didn't know what the rich kids were going to be wearing or what the main look of the season was. She's we, we, as the audience, are shown that she sees that and knows that and then makes this bizarre inverted triangle weirdness. So, yes, the question is, uh, why did she sew this? Would she sew this? Does this make sense for, for Andy that she would sew this? Well, I think it makes sense in terms of her wanting to go against the grain I mean, she's so fed up with these people that she doesn't want to do anything that would be considered cool by them at this point, it seems. I mean, she could take that route. She could have made a dress that the rich kids would have found desirable. Um, That would have been a good way to kind of get Blaine back. You know, if she made a dress that looked like it was straight out of a high-end department store, that's interesting. But also, it seemed like in her personality, it would be to choose something as far off as possible. But it also seems like... It still doesn't make any sense that she would choose something that's so unflattering. Mm-hmm. Um, because part of fashion and being interested in that is being like... Then you can wear it and look good? Yeah, let me look good. And she looks as good as one can look when wearing a tent. Um, um, so, yeah, I do think that she that she, it made sense that she would <clears throat> make the dress. There was no part of me... The only part of me was like, is the technical side of it, which is funny. I had so many questions about that, but you're like, oh, actually it would have made sense that she did this and she could have actually done it because the designer did it. So, and it, and it would have only taken her six hours because I thought it would have taken her like it, six days. It, it still blows my mind that the designer actually did it because I'm like, how yeah. did you have enough width? I wish but... you could like reach out to her and be like, girl, you lying. <laughs> but yeah, if she says she did it, she probably did do it. And it does make sense given her personal background. So yeah, I think that... um would she? The answer is is yeah. Yes. I bought right. it. Um, and oh, and as far as her skill level, um, I like to think about like who taught Andy to sew. And um, I think she's self-taught. I think that she started thrift shopping and had a machine, like maybe it was her mom's machine or just found one at a thrift. And um, yeah, like hemmed something, sewed on a patch. And then just built from there. Yeah. I don't I don't get the impression that she was really um like I don't think her mother taught her. I think this is just another way that her mother is like just absent from all of her interests and her life. Yeah. So uh, I have a little game. Oh fun. Okay. So um ooh, oh, ooh, ready. there you go, you're ready. I just wanna Marilyn Vance fan club out a little bit because um I didn't realize this, uh, but I looked at her IMDB and she is responsible for just so many of our iconic movie looks. Uh, So I'm going to read through her IMDb, and I want you to ring the bell 
If it's something, a movie that you recognize and that you can instantly see the look of. Okay. You ready? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Romancing the Stone. Streets of Fire. The Breakfast Club. Weird Science. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. The Untouchables. Predator. Throw Mama from the Train. Shut up. Die Hard. Pretty Woman. <laughs> Die Hard 2. Predator 2. Oh, I haven't seen Predator The Rocketeer. G.I. Jane. Mm. Mystery Men. Wow. That's just some of them. I mean, like, okay, I'm holding Marilyn up my Vance. list from you. Yeah, she's... And, and like, you think about all of those movies, like, like uh, you know, The Breakfast Club. Like, you can just... See it. See it. This weirdo dress. Like, it is not an accident. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't... It, it Like, it is on purpose. It is a costume. And um, in favor of it, I will say, it's famous. <laughs> like, if she had just... If Andy had shown up wearing a normal dress, it wouldn't come up ever in discussion That's of this movie. That's such a good point. Memorable. It's really memorable. And it's a costume. Like, it is not a dress that Molly Ringwald would wear. It's a dress that Andy Walsh would wear. Mm. Yeah. Agree. Okay, but that kind of leads into, like... Uh, but should she have sewn it? Which, I mean, I gotta say, like, all that positive stuff I just said, it is ugly. Yeah. Um, but it kind of makes sense, because she's, she's in a real bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> she's in a real bad mood, and she doesn't need anybody's approval, because she's tried for that and been shot on. So yeah. now she's gonna do her own weird thing. And, like, I kind of like that she's angry, but maybe she's also a little bit, like, hey, Blaine, if you're gonna get with me, you have to get with all my weirdness. Yeah, like, this is it, baby. Um, I'm going to walk in looking like this. So now I thought of one thing that could have been done to make the dress um, attractive. Did you think of anything? Um, a belt. Uh, um, no sleeves. No sleeves. A, a different dress. <laughs> just just burn it. <laughs> but don't burn it because it's probably polyester. Um, no, I mean, I would have just liked it to be a little bit more shape, shape shifting. Yeah. I mean, shape forming. I think a real quick fix for this dress would be to shorten it by about two feet. Like, if she was, if it was all weirdness on top and then just, like, legs for miles. Yes. That would have been amazing. I mean, I don't think that would have worked with her character because she's so covered up. Right. Everything's covered up. And even in, even with this prom dress, she's wearing, uh, her tights were kind of hideous. They're dark pink. And then she's got kind of lighter pink shoes and then a lighter pink dress. Yeah. Did you notice that? I remember just barely saw her I remember the bottom just being, like, not into it. Yeah. But if, if it had been really short, so we're, like, the dark dark tights are, like, a, a thing. Yeah. And then she's just got, like, lots of long legs. Or, like, sheer pink tights and, like, cute pink shoes. I would have been totally into that. I mean, <laughs> it still would have been a weird dress, but we would have at least seen her body in it yeah. a little bit. I mean, it's interesting that, like, the collarbones are exposed, but then they're sort of chopped by the lace so we don't even get, like, a beautiful sweep of collarbones. We don't, Beautiful yeah. shoulders. And what we do see of the shoulders is so lovely. And I, I just kept being like, wow, she's got, like, a beautiful, what is it, the decollete, decollage? Decolletage. Decolletage. The collage. The decoupage. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a great decoupage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think another thing, actually, that could have made this dress more attractive, not that that's what she wanted, is... Um, if she'd gotten rid of the lace and the collar and had just straps coming down to the, to catch the yeah. satin part of the bodice. Yeah. So that you really did get to see like the whole collarbone area and the shoulders were free and then the, those weird sleeves happen beneath them. The sleeves are also really long. They, they go below her elbow. Yeah. It's just awful. 
Yeah, it's delightfully awful. It's just so awful. Um, yeah, and it makes me just, you know, back to talking about myself and my prom experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, uh, Liza, you, this my sister. Me. Across right from here, here. Made my uh, prom dress. For me at 16 even, that was the whole point of the dress was that I was going to look great. Yeah. Um, and so it was a two-piece dress, um, sleeveless spaghetti straps, long antique silk skirt those what are those pleats in the back big pleats yeah um, it had big box pleats in big the back. box pleats in the back like just it did have a little bit of crop tops so you could see like belly button you, did stuff. you see your belly button oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but it was second only to my wedding dress it was the greatest dress experience <laughs> so that that first time when i went to the prom and i um pulled a blaine on the the guy i'd asked to go with me love it so the second time i wore a um a little velvet slip dress oh my god was it burgundy yes and that, i remember this dress girl that was actually made from a skirt a velvet skirt that i found at the thrift shop so you made that long, dress yeah this is why i mean i've cut up enough things but also this specific example is why i was like why doesn't andy's dress have seams because i mean i didn't know any better at the time my my velvet dress it was just a simple little slip dress but it had the grain was all crazy and there were seams in places but it wasn't something that bothered me or that I cared about because what I wanted was that gorgeous, rich, burgundy velvet. So, yeah, so that's why I was looking out for seams. Was that when you had short hair and you had kind of like a curly... Oh, my God, I remember yeah. these prom pictures so well. <laughs> yes, I remember this dress. Yeah, and also seams are an indication of, like, skill set, right? Like, um, Not necessarily. Well, just, like... I mean, in this case, the seams would have been there because I didn't have enough width in any one panel of the fabric. At this point in my sewing life, I was untrained. So I would have been just laying it flat and like a paper doll, like just cutting Mm. out the shape of the dress from the skirt and then doing the same thing for the back panel. And then just sewing them together. I didn't know what darts were for. Let's get back to Andy and her dress. Did it have a real payoff moment in the movie? And I think we can say uh, absolutely. (laughs) Since we're still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it got her what she showed up at the prom for. First, so the they camera were noticing goes, her. Well, the camera sure. goes right to Steph, and mm-hmm. he is obviously thinks that she looks great. Yeah, he's like, wolf yeah, eyes, like, like wing, wing. just shorten right out of his head. He had just told his girlfriend in the scene before she had said something, and he had said, No one cares what you think. <laughs> it's like an aside. He's not even on camera at this point. You just hear him go, No one cares what you think. And then, and then he sees Molly Ringwald, Andy walk in, and she looks both sensational and also just kind of ridiculous. And uh, he, yeah, he's like, Wow. You can clearly see him go, Wow. And then you see the change in his face to where he's got to go over to Blaine and be like, Man, doesn't she look like a garbage monster? To which Blaine is like, uh-uh, I see right you're through what you're doing. Monster. You're a garbage monster. <laughs> Get out of here. And uh, so then Blaine is like, oh, oh damn, I've, I messed up, you know. So he goes over and is like, oh, when he shakes Ducky's hand, it was such a paternalistic, like, moment of, like, I did bad, oh, but yeah. hey, man, thanks for bringing her here. That didn't go over well at, at our house either. Yeah, like, you. Like, Ducky, don't, don't shake his hand. Yeah, and I feel like at that moment, Ducky should have kind of, that was one of those times when I when I was very much not that I was ever like totally anti Ducky. I just kind of felt like he didn't quite play his cards correctly <laughs> for most of the movie. That speech where she where he says like you need to go after that guy. That speech should have been you need to get you you need to be free. You need to be your own person. I like halfway agree. I think Ducky's basically 
what are you going to tell an 18-year-old girl? Like, that guy's not good enough for you. She's going to run right into his arms. Yeah. But what she, what he could have said was, like, you know, you need to make the choice that's best for you. Or, like, you, I'm, I'm bowing out of whatever this yeah. is, you know? I mean, it's interesting because I think people look at that as, like, a... Like, that's why they think, that's why people think that she should have been with Ducky, because he's obviously the better person. Yeah. But it's also like, he could have been just a a little bit better of a better person. You know what I was thinking the whole movie? I was like, what needs to happen is she needs to get with Ducky in like 10 to 15 years. Because he needs, a lot of the qualities that he had are very, very important for a long-term relationship. One is he's obsessed with her. And you you need that in a man. Like, you really need to feel like he is just like ride or die yeah, you. I mean, it's important Your for you to... favorite thing. Yeah, it's important for you to feel that way, too. But I just think, like, I don't know, we're, our, our lives are just more complicated. Like, we just... We need a dude that's, like, there. And that part, he he is, like, a slam dunk. He's in it to win it. He's not going anywhere. He thinks she is the bee's knees. Um, also, he's got great fashion sense. He's got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of skills and things going for him that just have not been developed past his, like, whiny, like, I want this, I need this, you should want it and need it, too. And if you don't, I'm going to be mad at you and I'm going to sabotage all your dates. Like, yeah. that shit was like not okay for me yeah but I think he kind of worked some of that out as an adult and then like as a professional human that could get back together she's got like some kind of fashion business he's probably I don't know maybe he works in music or he's a like an art teacher or something each other's hobbies and skills I kept having that moment where I'm like not only are they too immature for each other but um she hasn't actually realized what qualities she values in a man and he hasn't realized how to exploit the qualities that he has yet yeah. He's too busy being, like, a desperate baby. And once he gets past that, he can be like, oh, I'm actually, like, a, a great man. I have all these things to offer. Yeah. Like, come at me, ladies. Yeah. Um, which would just take a little while. So I did think there was potential there. And I was like, oh, it'd be nice to, like, revisit them, like, living in New York City in the mid-90s or early 2000s. And, like, yeah. you know, the maybe movie. the roles have switched. And she suddenly realized that he's, you know, kind of good. And he's, like, too busy. She's riding by his house yeah. on her bicycle. Yeah, she's, like, taking the subway back and forth, just, like, the above-ground one. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they're in Chicago, I keep forgetting. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was thinking New York, but, yeah, in Chicago, they're all above-ground, oh, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, well, or no. I mean, I I've never actually been to Chicago. was above-ground. I don't know if there are others. All I know about Chicago is it's about to go underwater or flood or something, just like the rest of Just like all of, the all US. of everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why am I in such a bad mood? And then I'm like, oh, the world is yeah, oh, all collapsing. Of this. Yeah. Uh, everything. The yeah. one thing we relied on, which was our physical surroundings, are dying in our before our very eyes. Yeah. We can't even go outside. It's too hot. Yeah. Oh, Liza, good times. Man. Okay, I'm just seeing if there's anything else we need to Can talk I take about. a bite of chocolate? Absolutely. Hmm. Oh, I, I did want to add uh, another of my favorite lines from this movie was a ducky line where <laughs> this is when... He uh, has the big fight with her about, like, don't go on a date with that guy. I'm in love with you. Or whatever. Whatever it is that he says. And um, <laughs> he keeps setting off the alarm. And it cracked me up so much that the response to the alarm is just to go turn it off. But then also that he does it another time. And she comes back there and she's like, you know, stop doing that. And he says something like, I had, this place is disgraceful. I had to open that and shut that door five times before the alarm came on. <laughs> Just, I liked that too. Made me laugh so much that he's just like, I got it. I'm going to get here back out here. <laughs> Why isn't this working? <laughs> this place is a death trap. That's what I'm saying. Real potential for this person. But yeah. on the flip side, what he's actually doing, especially in this day and age, again, in the 80s, it was like, oh, boys are just 
whatever is part of their, like, makeup that they're going to just, like, tell women what they should do all the time and, like, tell them how to, who they should like and all this stuff. But now I'm like, bitch, get out of there! She's got a date! Like, this is none of your business. Yeah. You are totally doing everything wrong here. And now she has to take care of your emotions as yeah. opposed to enjoy herself. And she already has to take care of her father's emotions because he's yeah. a big old mess. Oh now she's goodness. got to take care of your emotions. She's got James Spader calling her a bitch. And then she's got this guy who's finally, like, maybe going to take her out. But she can't do it because she's got to take care of her baby friend. Your baby friend. Yeah. <laughs> Get it together. Oh, you know, one more thing that I wondered about the movie. So, you know that scene where they're in the... Uh, Andy and Blaine go on a date. And they're in the horse stable, like, leaning on some bales. Yeah, some hay bales. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, watching that, I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of a good date. This is cool. This is interesting and different. She's probably never been in there. And, like, it's interesting. And then they kiss a little bit. And then they stop, and then the scene to the scene, and it really made me wonder if there's some version somewhere, some early draft, where they did keep going with the makeouts, and that that's part of the problem with him ghosting, is like they did go a little further, because uh, everybody kept telling her, he just wants to use you and throw you away, and then if that actually happened, uh, which is what it would be if they uh, had some more intense right. makeouts... And then he was ghosting her, well, as opposed to just a gentle kiss. Yeah. And then they stop and look sad, and then the scene's over. I mean, I wonder if that was an effort to keep him likable. And so maybe... Oh, maybe they had to know, edit it out when they changed exactly, the ending. Exactly. When they changed the ending and she doesn't end up with Ducky, it's like, well, if he, if he, you know, took advantage of her or... Not took advantage of her. They were consensual at the moment. But if he did anything that was questionable sexually and then, like... It and then make, immediately ghosted. It made it easier for us to buy that she was going to go with Ducky. But if she's going to end up with Blaine, he's got to be slightly better human. Fortunately, we have the novel we can refer to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if that's got richer detail. I can't. No, there's just oh, no way. Oh, God. I feel like it probably reads like a Harlequin romance novel. Like, it's just literally. Probably worse. It's probably like 50 pages long. It's probably just got nothing in it. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking how I, you know, what I thought when I was watching that scene. I was like. It looks like the weather is really pleasant. That was all I could think about. <laughs> like, the idea of being out at night leaning against a hay bale, given that I was, like, it was, like, 110 degrees yesterday, and I was, like, in the one room with air conditioning. I was, like, oh, that they look nice. physically comfortable. <laughs> that looks so nice. I would give anything to be leaning against a hay bale in the fall somewhere or oh whatever time of year. It's probably actually supposed to be the spring, but. Well, yeah, that was a big part of, like, the the because of the vibe of their costumes was all, like, all the all the high school kids were either wearing suits or sweaters piled on top of shirts, piled on top of jackets, piled on top of other jackets. Yeah. That I was I kept being like, Oh my god, is prom time now? I thought it was still the winter. Me too. And I was like, these actors must be hot. Because it's LA, <laughs> well, it's hot all the time. I mean, I mean who knows what time of year they filmed like screaming it here in LA. <laughs> um it made the time frame confusing. And also, just back to the Blaine's behavior, the scene was, I felt like it was cut off short because they did, I was like, all right, like, time for a full makeout. Like, let's go 80s. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture of what would have caused uh, him to be a certified asshole. Do you have any mm. other uh, favorite moments you want to get into, or shall we wrap it up? My notes here. Yeah, I just have a, no a note that says, Annie Potts, amazing. My notes are all caps. She doesn't sew once until it's time to make a dress. So I obviously felt really strongly about that until you kind of so cl funny. clarified that she did actually do some sewing. Yeah, and, but you know, it really gets around to that, the the fact that, yes, she says I made everything that I'm wearing right at the very beginning, 
but it doesn't look like it. It really looks like what she means by I made it all was I changed it all. Yes, like, and I went to the all. thrift store and, like, and put it all together. It all. Yeah. And I took the sleeves off this thing and put them on this thing. Yeah. Which I guess, I mean, I I wouldn't count that as I made it, because I think of I made it as meaning I started with fabric. Um, but, Me too. Uh, I guess it's okay. I mean, I honestly I don't I don't mind if a high school kid is feeling proud of the things she made. Me too, man. It's impressive. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to get into was, um, was there thread in her machine? Yes. <gasps> is there sometimes not? Yeah. Yeah. Have we're you gonna, watched movies where... We're, we're going to see some movie where there's no thread. Quite literally. Like, there's no thread in the machine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But uh, Andy threaded her machine, or whoever the model's hands were that were Sounds like them. Marilyn was really up in this. Like, she was making sure... I mean, maybe it was just set dressers, too. Yeah. They were like, okay, here's your machine. It's properly threaded, ready to go. Mm, that's good. All right. So, let's say goodbye. Megan, thanks for doing this with me. Eliza, you're welcome. Sorry, it's so hot in this room. Yeah. We're just super hot. Jason will ask me, why is it so hot in here? And I said, obviously, because I just walked in. Because here I am. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, we uh, we have an email. Which we is, do? There's no thread at iCloud.com. Oh, shit. I'm killing it. All right. Awesome. Let's be done. Bye, Eliza. Thanks for having me. Now say, thank you for listening to There's No Thread. Thank you for listening to There's No Thread. Get threaded.